New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today, I'm here with Calico Beamer-Trapp. He's a man born in England who ended up in Hawaii teaching Hawaiian. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Justine. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about that story. Here you are teaching Hawaiian in Hawaii from England. Well, you know, uh, I, it's a long story about my arrival here in Hawaii, but uh, luckily I was brought over by a Hawaiian elder who found me in California and, and brought me over here in the early 1990s. And I've been here ever since. And luckily, uh, she happened to be a very well-known cultural icon. And so she got me in touch with all the right people and led me the right direction and show me all of the things that I can do in life with this knowledge. And for some reason, I just really fell in love with Hawaiian culture and language because of this. And Polynesian cultures and languages, too. I'm very supportive of Polynesian language perpetuation and revival where the language has uh, suffered a huge loss. What would you say is a unique contribution to the world that the Hawaiian culture, the native Hawaiian culture that is being revitalized is, in your opinion? Well, something, maybe something kind of fun, as well as something that's uh, culturally, you know, very important to Hawaiians would be, for example, the Hawaiian moon calendar. Uh, It's something I really love to talk about. It's essentially, uh, you know, for every night or every day that the moon rises and sets, Uh, There's a name for that moon, for the shape of the moon. It has a name. And in traditional practice, the moon also dictates what you should and shouldn't do, mostly regarding planting, farming, or fishing, but also other things like maybe making a family or other pursuits maybe. So the moon calendar is something that I think is really beautiful. It's homegrown Hawaiian and It's something that is kind of undergoing a revival these days, at least remembering the names and being able to look at the moon and say, oh, you know, tonight is the night of Akua or Hoku or Mahialani, for example. The different names, uh, there are, you know, 30 names that you can use for these different moons, although you have to skip a couple here and there, as you know, with a shorter month, you know, sometimes. But it's a beautiful system. It's something that's fun to learn. I found that the kids love to learn about it. At any age, you can teach the kids about this. And then adults as well. I've been invited to speak up on Mauna Kea several times. And the and best. That's the volcano, right? That, well, Mauna, well, Kea, Mauna is, Kea is the dormant volcano. It's been dormant for a long time. That's up on the northern side of where we sit here at the University of Hawaii. Uh, the active volcano is Mauna Loa and Kilauea. So anyway, Mauna Kea is famous for its beautiful dark skies and therefore the telescopes that are up on Mauna Kea. And uh, I've been invited to speak up there several times. And my best received evening is usually when I talk about the moon calendar because uh, there are songs written about the phases of the moon, love songs usually. And there are uh, lots of interesting things and, and 
being able to look at a different way, learn a different way of looking at something that we see every day in all cultures, you'll see the moon up there. And uh, thinking about it in a different way is just so beautiful. It's just another beautiful thing about Hawaiian culture. And that's something that the Hawaiian culture brings uniquely to the rest of us. Yes, yeah. And this is just one of the little tiny ideas about why the revitalization of the Hawaiian language is important. So I'd like for you to speak to that. Yeah, well, you know, there are many languages in the world, but every day we lose several of them. Because once you get below a certain number of speakers, it's practically impossible to maintain a language. And I think we are fortunate in Hawaii in one sense that we still have enough speakers, enough people who are willing to learn, who want to learn, as well as those who have been put into the immersion school system, the Hawaiian language immersion school system, the children, that we have enough of them, of us, to keep this ball rolling. We are fortunate that we are not down to 10 or 5 or 2 speakers, as some languages are. Hawaiian language is a spoken language. It was spoken for hundreds of years before the arrival of Westerners here in 1778. It is the native language of this land, and it is based in older Polynesian languages like Marquesan and Tongan, if you go all the way back, Proto-Polynesian languages. So if we look at it on that line of its genealogy, it's thousands of years old. And I think to preserve that today is very important. It's like the great redwoods of California. They are very old, thousands of years, and they grow so big and so large and so tall, and they're so stately and so beautiful. And they should be preserved too, just like the language. But here, if we were to cut it down, it's not going to grow again. There's no way to bring it back. If you lose all the speakers, there's not going to be a way to bring it back. Because I believe that the momentum, the cultural momentum, the revival momentum would stop if the language were to disappear. Even though we have so many digital resources of descriptive grammars and recorded tapes and interviews with kupuna and thousands of pages of Hawaiian newspapers, I do not believe personally that the language would be revived or have a chance at revival if it were to disappear from being a spoken language today. Now, I want to give you an example, a little bit, of my experience. Mm. I'm here on the island of Hawaii, and I'm here for the annual Merry Monarch Hula Festival. It's just blowing my mind. And one of the events that I attended with my friend is called the Battle of Kuamo'o. Kuamo'o. And it's just a phenomenal story. It was an opera yes. done all in Hawaiian. Yes. And it has implications for the whole world as far as how to work together when there are differing opinions mm -hmm. of things. But what impressed me, besides the story and the tears that flowed from my eyes at the end of it as they were singing, these, these young high school kids that came and dedicated their time to this opera and all done in Hawaiian, at the end, there were questions asked of the audience. And the audience all asked their questions in Hawaiian. You know, and here I'm sitting there only speaking English, and 
And then they were answered in Hawaiian. And then, of course, somebody interpreted them for us. Haole. Haole. Haole, you know, for us white Westerners who might have been in the audience. But I so appreciated, number one, even hearing the melody of the language itself. It's a beautiful language. Yeah. And how come? What makes it so beautiful? Well, one of the things that makes Hawaiian so beautiful are the vowels that we have at the end of every single word. There are no consonants at the end of words. And so words run right into each other very smoothly, combining that with the intonation that we use and the phrasing, the rhythm of our voices and the timing of our stresses in the words all leads to a sort of a melodic structure of the language, which I think is very beautiful and should be preserved into the future. And, you know, those kids that are doing that play, that opera, are in Hawaiian language classes at their school, at Kamehameha schools. And it's fantastic to to see them reenact this very difficult time in Hawaiian history where basically it was the intersection in time of Western ideas coming into Hawaii, Western religious ideas coming into Hawaii, and destroying the old way of doing things. The old political and religious systems were basically taking their last breath of a vaporizing reality in that time of 1819. And shortly after then, the Western missionaries arrived to stay here, and uh, that really began a, a huge uh, change in Hawaiian culture. And so this story here of Kuomo'o that you mentioned refers to my Hanai mother, or my adoptive mother's great-great-great-great-great-grandmother, who was Princess Manono, who was one of the main three characters of that story. And in fact, that's why that story is held very close to us in the Beamer family, because Auntie Nona, my Hane, or adoptive mother, used to teach this story of Kuomo'o in school. And she taught many generations. She was there for 40 years at Kamehameha schools in on Oahu, she taught this story to many generations of students. Well, those students have now grown up, and because they loved that story, they have brought it to the present with an operatic version of it, and it's thanks to, really, to Auntie Nona keeping that story alive of her ancestor, Manono. And this is why uh, we have actually a connection to uh, Kuomo'o that is very strong in our side of the uh, Bima family. So I don't want to end this conversation without your sharing with us in some way the importance of this revitalization of the Hawaiian language and why this is such a healing of this whole culture. Yeah. Well, as I said earlier, it's a beautiful thing that we have all these varied cultures around the world. You know, it's kind of like a flower garden with all the different flowers or a rainbow with all of its different colors. You know, if you had a rainbow with only violet, you know, it wouldn't be so beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. But having all those colors in there makes it even more beautiful. And I think having Hawaiian language, which is the carrier of Hawaiian culture, as well as other cultural pursuits in Hawaiian, having those continued on today, tomorrow, and into the far future, we hope, will just add more beauty to world culture, to where we are you know, in the world today, moving forward, we can have modernization, but we can still have it continuing with Hawaiian culture mixed in along with all the other cultures and the languages, you know, to have that beautiful ethnic diversity on planet Earth, which I think is so important, as important as 
biodiversity or all those colors of the rainbow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for You're being welcome. with us today. It's my pleasure. I've been speaking with Kalikau Beamer Trap, and he is the creator of the online language website called OlilloOnline.com. He spells that O-L-E-L-O, OlilloOnline.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, NewDimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Thank you for being with us on the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you to please join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a 1,000 hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You, too, can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.